Testing. 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 Yes. So, testing one, two. So we want to make sure that it doesn't, there's, it's not too much yellow. Testing, testing. Yes, it's green. Testing, 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 testing. What? Testing, 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 testing. Oh, it still goes. Testing. Yeah, this for. Testing, testing. It's, I think it's this right here. Testing. 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 No, it's not. Testing. 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 No, it's not. Testing. 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 No, you should be able to control it here. Testing. 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 It's supposed to be one of these. Testing. 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 Testing, 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 testing. All right, yeah, let's leave it in the middle. Yeah, testing, testing. Testing, testing. Yep. say almost the entire time that we were there in West Palm Beach, just like random checks were just coming in the mail, random checks from like old accounts that were closed in New York, random checks that were being sent um, from friends in New York, uh, checks from companies that we've never really heard of, some, some of them, I never knew I had an account there, you know, I've never heard of the company, but random checks were, were coming in. So I would always check the mailbox because I just, I just didn't know. This might be the day that a random check came in the mailbox. So I'm like, man, God, you should have had us move to Florida earlier, you know?
Thank you. All right, so this sounds good. So after we moved from West Palm Beach, we was in Port St. Lucie, then we came down to Miami. But in moving to Miami, the random checks tend to stop. We stopped receiving those random checks that were coming in, and we ended up getting a whole bunch of pre-approved credit cards. We got a whole bunch of pre-approved loans that were coming in. Like, as I was thinking about it, with the amount of pre-approved uh, money that I was being offered or given, like, I could have bought an island with all that pre-approved money that was being offered to us. And But whenever these mailers would come in, my wife and I would do the same thing each and every single time. We would cut it up, rip it, um, rip it up, and throw these envelopes and these mailers away. And one thing I realized with many of these envelopes, a lot of them were coming in multiple at a time in the same month. Like we would get the same pre-approved card, um, I would say maybe like 10 times within that one month. The following month it wouldn't come in, then it'll come back again the, the next month. And I wonder, have you ever thought about the fact that someone would waste millions and millions of marketing dollars knowing that eventually these envelopes, these mailers, were going straight to the trash. Like, like have, have you ever thought about that idea? Here it is. Companies will send you mail knowing that there's a possibility you're going to throw it away. Like, think about this. Here it is. There is a sender who has a product or has a message, and they believe in it so much that they are willing to spend millions and millions of marketing dollars knowing that more than likely, when you get this mail, it's going in the trash. Now, I want us to take a step back and really think about this even further. Have you ever thought about God being a sender? Like, I know many of us can attest and say that God is a healer. We've been healed. I know many of us can attest and say that God is a deliverer. We've been delivered. God is a father. We no longer feel like an orphan. But have you ever thought about God being a sender? Like someone who is intentionally sending a message to someone else. This morning, I want to use this idea of God being a sender and look throughout scriptures and see how God has constantly and continually been sending a message to humanity. As you look throughout scriptures, you can see that God first initially sent Adam into the world to be fruitful and to multiply. God says, I want you to um, populate the world. God says, I want you to, to populate this world that I'm sending you in. But we all know the story, how the story begins to unfold. Adam and Eve, they begin to disobey God, and sin now enters into the world. And as you would know, if you look in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, we see that God had already had a plan set in place, which was to send Jesus into the world to destroy the power of sin and death all at once. So God starts off with by sending Adam and Eve. As you continue reading the Bible, we find a man by the name of Abram who becomes Abraham. God comes to Abram, who is just a simple man. There's nothing great. There's nothing special about Abram. Here it is, Abram, at the age of 75, God comes to him, and God says, I choose you. I pick you. I want you part of my team. And you're going to have so many descendants that are going to come out of you. They're going to be as numerous as the stars. 
Because God is saying that I'm going to give you so many kids that you're going to be unable to count them. You're going to be unable to handle them all. All these kids are going to come from you. At this age, Abraham is 75 years old. He's excited. But Sarah is not too excited. Sarah's like, nah, this shop is closed. I'm too old. This is not going to go down. I can't even give birth to one. But God proceeds and God says, I'm going to bless you. And everyone that blesses you, I will bless them. God says, I'm going to use you to usher in the Messiah, to usher in Jesus Christ. So I need you to go. Now, as many of us will know, Abraham is known as the father of faith. Because when God said, go, Abraham said, where? Abraham said, where? God says, I'm not going to tell you where. I just need you to go. Abraham's like, God, are, are you serious? Really? Where do you want me to go? And I believe many of us are asking the same question. God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to major in? Who do you want me to marry? How do you want me to live my life? What career do you want me to go in? And God says, I just need you to go and to trust me. And when you get there, I'll tell you. And as all of us or some of us may know, Abraham goes and he puts his faith and his trust in God. And he has a crazy amount Surmount of kids where a whole nation comes out of him, which is known as the nation of Israel. So God sends Abraham. And as you continue reading the Bible, we now find, and find ourselves ending up in the prof, with the prophets. A prophet is someone who hears from God and speaks on behalf of God to the people of God. So God sends prophets such as Jeremiah, Joel, and Amos. But the problem is, during this time, is the people are not listening to the prophets. In fact, let's look at this, 2 Chronicles chapter 24, verse 19. 2 Chronicles 24, verse 19, it starts off and says, Although the Lord sent prophets, you see, he sent them, he mailed them to the people to bring them back to him. And though they testified against them, they would not listen. Listen, the prophet said, here's the mail. Here's the message. Here's what God is trying to say. Here's what God wants you to know. And the people of Israel, they took this message. They ripped it up, threw it in the trash, threw it in the garbage. But the interesting thing is, God knew that they would not listen. He knew they would not, he, he knew that they would not repent. He knew that they would not turn back towards him. But he still sent the message anyways. And throughout scripture, you will find different prophets who are sending messages, who are sending this mail that God, that they have received from God. But there's one prophet in particular who sets himself apart from all the other prophets. He's the prophet by the name of Isaiah. Isaiah walks up onto the scene in Isaiah chapter 1, Isaiah chapter 2, 3, 4, and 5. Isaiah walks up with his chest up as a man of God. He walks up as a prophet of God. Isaiah says, woe to you, <clears throat> woe to you, woe to you, and definitely woe to you. Basically, right here, Isaiah, he's condemning you, he's condemning you, he's condemning you, he's condemning you, he's condemning each and every single one of you, all throughout chapters 1 to chapter 5. But something interesting happens as we come into chapter 6. 
as we enter into chapter 6, the king at the time, King Uriah, all of a sudden dies. And the whole entire country is in uproar. And it's during this time that the Lord gives Isaiah a vision and Isaiah sees the Lord sitting on his throne. Here it is in this, in this picture of Isaiah chapter 6. Jesus is sitting on his throne. All while King Uzziah has died. Jesus is not panicking. He's not saying, oh my gosh, King Uzziah has died. What are we going to do? Hey, Gabriel, do you have any ideas? What are we going to do? The king has died. Jesus is not panicking. And I believe this is something that we need to remind ourselves here this morning as we look across our political spectrum. We need to know that Jesus is still on the throne. Jesus is still in control. He's not worried by what's happening in the news. He's not overwhelmed by the fake news. Jesus is not worried because he's in control. He's like, I know how this all turns out. I know how this ends. I'm in control. So that's why I could sit on this throne and chill. And this is what the, the prophet Isaiah sees. He sees God sitting on the throne in control and chilling. Now remember, in Isaiah chapter 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5, he says, woe to you, woe to you, woe to you, woe to you, woe to you. But when we get to chapter 6, he says, woe to me. He condemns himself. He says, I am a man of unclean lips. I'm living amongst unclean people. He's like, I thought woe to you. I thought it was woe to you. I thought it was woe to you. But I forgot to check myself. I forgot to look at myself. I messed up too. And then the text continues and says that a creature flew over and picked up a piece of coal and touched his lips and he became clean. And there was a voice, Isaiah chapter 6 verse 8. He says, then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, this is God talking. Who shall I send? Who shall I mail out? Who's going to get this message to deliver it to the people? Who's going to understand how important this message is and still go out even though they get rejected, even though people don't want to hear it? Who's going to take this message? He says, and who will go for us? Now I want us to understand, when God asks a question, it's not for him to know. But it's really for you to answer so you can be confronted with the reality of the answer. He doesn't want to just give you the answer. But he wants you to realize that the Holy Spirit has given you the answer on the inside. But you need to release it. So God's not saying it for his own benefit. He's not asking for his own benefit. So he asked the question, and Isaiah says, here I am. Send me. Isaiah says, send me. Mail me out as the messenger. Send me out to the people. This is a passage that we would normally preach and speak from when we're talking about going on missions, international missions, who wants to go to Africa? Send me. Who wants to go to China? Send me. But you know what most of us do? 
we take that first part, we say, God, here I am, but please send someone else. God, here I am, but please use someone else. God, here I am, but please don't use me. God, here I am, but don't send me there. Don't send me there, and definitely don't send me there. Let's go to our jobs. Let's go send this message here. God, don't, 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 don't send me to my boss because there's a different message I, I want to give to my boss. I don't think you'll approve of it. Don't, 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 don't send me to my boss. Send someone else to the school. Send someone else to my family. Send someone else to my neighbors. Don't send me to my friends. They won't think I'm cool. Send someone else. Don't send me to those who are near me. Here I am, God. But please, use the pastor. Use the preacher. Don't, 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 don't allow me to risk my reputation. Church, I think we need to understand that God is a sender. He is in the sending business, and he will continue to send people out with the same message, even though you will be rejected by the same people each and every time. Because God is in the sending business, he understands the value of this message. He will continue to send it, send it, send it, send it, send it each and every time, even though he knows that this message will not be appreciated, this message will be thrown away, this message will be ripped up, this message will be rejected by the people he's sending you to. And as we transition from the Old Testament into the New Testament, God then sends his boy Gabriel, the angel, down to Zechariah in the temple as Zechariah is worshiping. Gabriel says, hey, bro, I know your wife can't give birth. I know she has no kids, but she's about to give birth to a son, and his name is John. John the baptizer. He is going to be the forerunner. He is going to pave the way for as G- before Jesus arrives on the scene. Let's take a look at this. John chapter 1, verse 6. There was a man sent from God. There was a man mailed out from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all might believe. John has this message. John has this mail to make a way, to pave the way for Jesus as Jesus comes. Who is God sending you to to pave the way? It's sad that we would have friends and families that are close to us, but yet they don't even know who Jesus is. But you're here every Sunday. You got the Bible out. But the people closest to you have yet to hear you mention the name of Jesus. God says, I'm trying to send you. I'm sending you to those who are near you so that they can be blessed through you. 
the angel Gabriel continues on and he goes to Mary and he says, Mary, you have found favor in the eyes of God and God is sending his son Jesus and you're going to be the mother of Jesus. You're going to raise him up and he's going to save the people from their sins. Now, now, now think about this. We're going through the Old Testament all the way from the beginning. Genesis 3.15 has been talking about this. The prophets have been talking about this. There's this message that's coming. There's a male that's coming. There's a Messiah that's coming. There's a package that's coming to a particular specific location. The prophets, they stood in front of the people. They're like, repent, turn from your ways. Because God is going to do something great. They're telling the people, here's this message. And they threw it away. And now Jesus comes on the scene. And Jesus says, I've come to seek and save those who are lost. We all know this. John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave that he sent, that he mailed out his only son, that whoever believes in him will not die, will will not perish, but have everlasting life, have abundant life, have a better life, have eternal life, if they would give their lives to Jesus. This, 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 This is the message, that there is a life after death, This is the message. There is life after death. That yes, we've been separated from God due to our sins. But that's why Jesus came to bring us back. To reconcile us back with the Father. To fix the separation issue. To fix the sin issue. That's why he sent Jesus. And he says, if you believe in this message that's being sent to you. Back and back and back again. You'll be saved. You'll get to experience life with Christ after death. So here it is. This is the message that God is sending to everyone. And then if we look in John chapter 17, this is a prayer that Jesus is praying. John 17, verse 18. Jesus says, As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. Here it is. Jesus is talking to his apostles. The apostles who went about performing miracles, taking this message throughout the world. And today we have the message because the apostles, they realized that they were sent. They realized they were sent. They realized the importance of this message. So they went out to change the world. Now I want some of us to really think. All right, Pastor John, this sounds cool. Abraham was sent. Gabriel was sent. The prophets were sent. John the Baptist was sent. Jesus was sent. But what does this really have to do with me? How does this affect my life? How does this change my life? John chapter 20. John chapter 20, this, the, the context here, Jesus has died, he, he raised from the dead, and now he's going to his disciples who are locked up in the room. And in John chapter 20, verse 21, here it is, Jesus says, again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Jesus said, peace be with you again. 
Meaning the relationship that he had before the cross, he's like, I still want to have that relationship with you now. I still want to give you another opportunity. Even though you did not go, you stayed locked up. I want to let you know I want to give you another chance so that you can experience my peace. So here it is. Jesus says, I am sending you. This word you right here, this is a word in the plural. In the plural. So if they were in in the south side of Jerusalem, basically this would say y'all. I'm sending y'all. What is it? Y apostrophe A-L-L? Thank you. He said, I'm sending y'all. But I want us to to look at the sex. You might not really see the the nuance here in in the English. But what makes this text so interesting is that they're using two different Greek words for the word send and sent. Sending and sent. Two different Greek words. For sent is apostello. Sending is pempo. Apostello and pempo. Jesus says, as the Father has sent me, that means I've been given delegated authority in heaven and on earth. Jesus says, I have a divine commission from God to tell you to do what I'm about to tell you to do. Jesus then turns around. He's like, I've got all this authority. So now he turns back towards his disciples. And he says, because I have all this authority, now I'm sending you. Now I'm sending you. When Jesus says he's sending us, that really means he's dispatching us. Dispatching us under the authority that he has. (laughs) Dispatching us under the authority that he has. In other words, this is not the good news or the gospel of Christ Community Church. This is not the good news or the gospel of Pastor Jermaine. This is not the good news or the gospel of a particular denomination. We go in the name of Jesus with the authority of Jesus. In other words, I'll be more effective as the one who is sent if I can simply embrace and acknowledge the one who's sending me. If I have a relationship with the one who's sending me, then I'll know the authority that I am under. I'll know who I'm with. I know who's calling me. I know who's directing me. If I just acknowledge who's sending me. Because the truth is, if he's sending me, then that also means that he's also equipped me. If he's sending me, then that also means that he's qualified me. If he's sending me, that also means that he has approved me. It's not about if you have a seminary degree or not. It's not about how big your Bible is. It's not about how long you've been a Christian. I just need to acknowledge who is sending me because I'm going under his authority. Some of us, we get so consumed. I don't know all the Bible. I don't know what to say. No, you just got to acknowledge who is sending you. When you acknowledge who is sending you, you'll go anywhere. You'll say whatever he wants you to say. You won't be ashamed. You won't be afraid because I know who watches me. I know who's leading me. I know who's directing me. I know these are not my own words, but these are words of the Spirit. Who? is sending me. I know I've mentioned this already, but I want to reiterate that 
even though you acknowledge and you understand the authority that you're going under, the authority that you're going with, there's still some people in your family, some of your coworkers, some of your friends, who will still reject it. I think this is a true, it's a true reality that we need to understand and embrace. Regardless of who I go, there is a big possibility that they're going to reject it. There's a big possibility that they're going to throw it in my, back in my face. There's a big possibility that they're going to question the way I'm living. There's a big possibility that they're not going to receive what I'm telling them. There's a big, um, um, there's a big possibility that they may not want to hear this at all. But my job is simply to deliver the message. My job is simply to deliver the mail. I was dispatched to deliver the mail, not to decide for them if they will receive it or not, not to determine beforehand, you know what, I, I spoke to him last week, maybe this week might, might not be the best week. No, that's not my job. My job is simply deliver the message, deliver the news, deliver the gospel. That's all my responsibility is, my, my job is to do. One thing, one passage that we might be very familiar with is Matthew 28. And I want us to kind of like look at it this way. John chapter 20, verse 21, it's really an echo of the Great Commission in Matthew 28. It's really Jesus just saying, I'm sending you to, share, to spread the gospel. I'm sending you out. It's just an echo of Matthew 28. Matthew 28 says, um, verse 18, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. I have been given all authority, and with all the authority that I have, I have everything I need to equip you for what he says in verse 19. Verse 19, he says, go. Go to your job. Go to your friends. Go to your family. Go to your school. Go to your neighborhood. Go to Walmart. Go to Pollo Tropical. You have been sent to go. He's sending you. That's why you can't just wait for someone else. God, I'll, I'll just let someone else talk to my dad. I'll let someone else talk to my mom. I'll let someone else talk to my friend. No, there's a reason why they're in your life. Because God is sending you specifically to them. And because God is sending you specifically to them, it doesn't matter how, how many times you have to bring it. That's your assignment. That's who you're called to. That's who God has put on your path. There's a reason why. God says, this is the individual that I want you to continue sending this message to. The passage continues. He says, go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. I want to kind of like bring this all together so we have an understanding. When we look at the Old Testament, I want us to see the message of the Old Testament is there is a king that is coming. The message of the Old Testament is there is a king that is coming. The message of the New Testament is, there is a king who has already come. And the message that you and I have today, there is a king 
that's coming back. <laughs> There's a king that's coming back. This is why I need to realize the people that God has put on my path because he's coming back. This is why I need to understand the value of this message because there's a king that's coming back. This is why I need to be mindful of those who are on my path because there's a king that's coming back. This is why I need to understand this heart that God has given to me for the lost because there's a king that's coming back. He's coming back. Because he's coming back, you got to go, you got to go, you got to go, and I got to go. We all got to go because he's coming back. And I've said all of that to come to this. In the next few weeks, Easter is coming up. Easter, which is the day that we as Christians recognize as Resurrection Sunday. The culture calls it Easter. That's fine, we're still gonna preach the same message. It's really a time for us to be able to let those who are far from God, enlighten them, let them know what Easter really means, what resurrection really means in their life for them. What it means to be reconciled back with God, what it means to come back into a relationship with God. And how that's done, which is through a relationship with Jesus Christ. In the back, we have these invite cards, which I'm looking for each and every single one of us to take a few cards and invite a friend, a family, a coworker. As we share this good news, as we share this gospel, because we realize I've been sent. I've been sent. And I need to be intentional about what I'm doing as one that is sent. On the flyer, we have Palm Sunday, which we'll also recognize. And we have Easter Sunday. As you know, we'll have one service for um, Easter Sunday. And then after the service, we'll have Family Fun Day. To really create an experience and environment for those who are far from God, to understand that in the, in the body of Christ, it's a family. It's a family. And we want to make this place available for those who feel like they're disconnected, who feel like they're far. Let them know that the doors are open, that Christ is here waiting for you. But it's our responsibility to go to who he has sent us to. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 20. I'll say this, and then we'll end here. Second Corinthians 5, verse 20. It says, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors. Who's we? We is every single person that has put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, who has committed their life, given their life to Christ. It says, we are ambassadors. At ambassador is really someone who represents someone else, someone who is going under someone else's authority. And Paul is saying, we are Christ's ambassador. Can, 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 you, can you think about this? What if everyone who calls Christ Community Church their home, what if they live their lives as an ambassador of Christ? What if we truly lived our lives 
as one who is representing Christ. This place would be packed. There would be no room for people who are for people who are in a five mile, forget five, two mile radius of us. If we really lived our lives as an ambassador of Christ. Paul says that you are an ambassador of Christ. Paul goes further on and says, as though God were making his appeal through us. Paul says, I implore you, I'm begging you on Christ's behalf to be reconciled to God. Paul says, I want you to be an ambassador. I want you to be an ambassador who's willing to go out on a limb to bring others back to God. I want you to allow others to create a path to live in such a way where others feel like I've got to get my life right with God. I've got to change my ways. I've got to do, I've got to bring myself under the submission of Jesus Christ. Paul says, Paul says, I'm begging you, I implore you. I implore you to live in such a way so that people reconcile and come back to a relationship with God. This, this, this is the bottom line here. If you say that you're saved, that automatically qualifies you. That automatically launches you out as one who is sent as well. If you say you are saved, if you're not saved, I don't want to put that upon you. But if you say you are saved, you believe in Jesus Christ, you have given your life to Christ, you have submitted your life under his lordship and authority. If you say you are saved, you're also sent. Let's bow our heads. This morning, I'm assuming while I was speaking, many of us are like, man, I really don't like that job that I'm at. I'm the only Christian that's there. In my family, there's, I'm the only Christian that's there. I want to let you know there's a reason why you're there. You've been sent. I, I know we're talking about this as we walk into Easter. But I want us to look at it so much, it's so much bigger than just the next Sunday that's coming. But how would your life be different if you lived as one that was sent? If you acknowledge how sinful, how messed up you were, but because of Jesus Christ, Because of you submitting and allowing him to direct and dictate your life, to lead you, you're living a different life. And because you're living a different life, wouldn't you want those that are closest to you to also live in such a way to experience what it means to be in relationship with Christ? I tell you, church will be different if when you have a loved one who did not know the Lord and then all of a sudden ends up going to church and they give their life to Christ 
you'll see church differently because you've been praying for that person. You've been praying for that person. You've been asking for prayers for that person. And they finally come and give their life to Christ. You see things differently because anything's possible. Lord, here we are this morning. Father, I pray that each and every single one of us that are here, that we would realize that there's a message that you've given to us. <laughs> and this message that you've given to us, you did, you did not just sit on the sidelines and say, go, 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 go. No, but you took part in it. You sent your son, Jesus Christ, to be the message and the messenger. You're part of this entire equation. And I pray that this morning that we would realize that we are part of your plan. And you're looking to include us with where we are at our schools, our homes, with our families and our friends, our neighborhoods. You sent us there specifically for the people in that area in our sphere of influence. Father, I pray that this morning that we would acknowledge that and we would not take offense if it is that we are rejected. If they do throw this message out, throw it in the trash. But I pray that we would have a heart to see salvation come to their home, to see that one day that they would be able to see, to experience life after death. Father, I pray that that would remain at the forefront of our hearts and minds. That we will continually send the message, the same message, each and every time that Jesus saves. Father, we pray that your spirit will guide us as we go forth and during this week, living lives as an ambassador. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. God is good. Amen. Amen. Uh, at this time, we're going to go into communion. Uh,